Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Oh, I don't feel your excitement. Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Well, the Bible teaches us that the word of God is the power of God. Apostle Paul said that I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation. Amen. And today we are going to hear testimonies that show the power in the word of God that comes through our church. Amen. Oh, can I get an amen? So our first testimony is from our brother Robert, who is going to talk about how God changed his life. Put your hands together for him and let's welcome him. Oh, encourage him as he climbs up the stage. All right, so tell us your name, Stanley. Tell us your name and what your testimony is about. My name is Robert Dogbe. I'm a Bazenta leader for British Accra Constituency. An usher in the church. I want to give a testimony about how my life was changed. I used to go to church, but I was not born again. I was addicted to watch pornography from 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. before I could sleep. That's why that's the number of hours you spend watching pornography. Was that the number of hours you spend watching pornography? Yes, please. That's how that's how I live my life since. So one night I was just in the house and I was invited to First Love Church, Kolebu. So the night I went for the service, Reverend Lesson preached on that day. And after the preaching, I don't know the message I preach about, but after the, the preaching, you call for the altar call, and then I went to give my life to Christ. Wow. Since that day, my life has changed. Wow. It has been a great blessing for me to be in the house of God. Yeah. Uh, so how the, what, change, what change are you talking about? Okay. So. My life has changed since I joined the church. By the grace of God, I'm a basenta leader. I used to serve God. I'm an usher. I was so happy. The happiness I find in the church now is different from the life I live yeah, wow. now. Oh, I thought you put your hands together for Jesus. I was so excited. I was so excited. Yes, I so feel so loved. I feel so welcome. I stopped watching pornography now as I'm talking to you. I don't watch. I don't feel like... The moment I feel like watching, I, I can't. Because always I, sp- I want to spend my time in the house of God wow. to do the work of God. The work oh, of I think God. you should put your hands together for Jesus for such an amazing change. Yes, so you say that now you don't spend your time watching I don't that. You, you are more happy. I'm more happier church. than yes. how I live my life. Yes. Yeah, so what our brother is describing over here is the effect that God has had in his life. That see, he was addicted strongly to pornography. And by the grace of God, he gave his life to Christ. And by coming to church, that addiction is broken over him. And he's happy serving God. And I think this way you should put your hands together for Jesus. Yes. So what would you want to say to everyone listening to you today? I want to encourage everybody listening to me this morning. I want to tell you, wherever you are, try to overcome it. Stop watching the pornography. Serve God. Find a place to, find, uh, to be in the house of God. That will be the greatest change in your life. Amen. Right. I want to thank the prophet for giving the opportunity for, 
for some of us just to be in the house of God. I thank you, Prophet, for sending a Reverend lesson to Kolebu. Without him, I don't think my life will change. I want to thank you very much. Oh, I think you thank should you put your prophet. hands together for Jesus. Amen. And God bless you. Amen. Our final testimony is from our brother Charles, I, who is going to talk about how God, oh, I think you should encourage him, how God changed the relationship he had with his father. Encourage him as he climbs up the stage. So, Hallelujah. Tell us your name and what your testimony is My name about. is Charles Newkai. Um, I'm a member of the Ashes Ministry um, and I'm in the city church constituency, Laboni. Amen. Today I want to give a testimony about a great change in my life and this is in relation to my father. So I grew up I grew up, my parents are together they are married and um, we live together in the same house like a normal family but um, growing up I didn't really like my father not because he didn't pay my school fees or anything, he did everything he was supposed to do but because of a few disappointments growing up you know, when you are 13, and then you tell him that you want this particular toy, and daddy said he was going to get it for me. I believed him with all my heart. I was young, I mean. And the day before my birthday for that gift, he called my mom and I. We sat in the hall, and I was disappointed. I don't think I've cried like that in my life. But I was so hurt that, because he asked me to do a couple of things, and if I do all those things, you get it for me. And I did it with everything I could Unfortunately, he couldn't do it for me, and um, I decided that day that I'm never going to trust my father again because and he has disappointed. Just because he didn't get that yeah, point. yeah, yeah. That's just one of them. There's a number of them, but it, it really pained me. It really pained me. It was one time he said, "Wash my car for me. When I'm going out, I'll go with you." I like hanging out with my dad. I washed the car. He said, "Go and bath." But when I was bathing, I heard the car, and he was gone. And uh, yes. I don't know if you can. Maybe you can relate, but if you are 10 years, it's very painful. It was, it was very painful. So I, I grew up having, um, like, daddy, when daddy says this, you don't do it. Daddy says this, you don't do it. And I grew up like that. Unfortunately, when I went to secondary school, I started hearing stories about my father from my mother. Daddy's like this. Sometimes I saw, I saw a few things, a few arguments, the way he talks to her, you know. Then uh, me thinking that I know what is right. It's like, you, daddy can't talk to mommy like that. So, I, I mean, when I was fully grown now, invested, full blown, I wasn't going to church or anything. I said I was going to mind my dad again. So, on vacations, when he comes home, I, we, I don't do a by I, I just get up and just go to my room. I, and the lights are off. I sleep by force. And to the extent so that you, one, one day... Want to have anything no, I, to what, I don't have anything to talk to him about. Yeah, he, he's annoying me. Yes. That's the way it was. Yes. So it was annoying yes. me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It is it's true. I'm, I'm serious. To so the extent how that, the, So how did that change? Yeah, so when I came to First Love, unfortunately, um, six years ago. To the extent To the extent that my mom one day saw that ah, this is the trend. When it comes, you go to them. When it comes, you go to the room. So she came to my room. It's like, why is that you always come to the room when daddy is home? And I said that I I don't want to talk to him. I don't like him. I don't really want to talk to him. Unfortunately, when just before I finished university in 2015, my daddy got really ill and um, it affected his speech. So my dad hasn't really mentioned my name in the past six years. And it was just around that time, that difficult time that I discovered the First Love Church. A friend invited me. And I remember very well, almost every time daddy preaches, he would talk about fathers. Every time he preaches, Anna, your father, he gave an example of how uh, his father said he shouldn't drive another man's car. 
My father said that he didn't say I shouldn't drive an man's car, but he said I should exercise. That's what my father told me. I've been trying. I've been trying. Hallelujah. But the severity with which daddy always says that your blessings are connected to your father, honoring your mother and your father. I mean, now that my father is not so well, I even had the opportunity to, let's be honest, to, to be evil to him because I help him do things like drive him places, I buy him food. He says, do this. I can decide not to do it, then he can't do anything to me. That's the truth. Yeah. And I realized at that point that it's even more difficult to honor your father. But by the grace of God, coming to church every Sunday, midweek services with Bishop Joshua, it's always about honoring oh, your father and your mother. I think and I believe very strongly that my Jesus. life has been changed because of that. So at this point where he's powerless, that's when you... I, and now we are even close. We are so close. By the grace of God, I'm married. I moved out in uh, May. Whenever I go home, he wants to be with me. I also want to be with him. When I go with my wife, I tell my, my wife to go to my mother. And I'll go, I'll be with my father. You may not understand uh, what yeah. this means, but this is a very great testimony. We talk. When I come home, that's when he'll send me, let's go and buy Bob to change this light. The Bob hasn't done anything, but we have to go and buy the Bob by force. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. But I can, the thing about it is, it's not even about what I do for him, but I like my father now. Wow. I actually oh, put like your hands my together for now. Jesus. Yeah. Put your hands together. Yeah. You know, and the blessings people... that go with it. I mean, just before I got married, the things he gave me, the house he, he, he was building, he said that you can take that house, finish it if wow. you want. His car that he used to drive, it's like you can have it. And I said, Dad, I can't buy the floor. He said, I, I don't have anything to do with the car. You can have it if you want it. I said, I can't buy the floor, but I, I'm using it anyway. But it's a blessing. And one of the greatest blessings is I read once in the book of Proverbs. The Bible says that do not forsake your father's friends. I've never seen something like that before. And I've been helped so much. One of the, great, the, the greatest number of people that attended my wedding were my father's friends. Wow. The places where I work is my father's friend. Wow. Like everything I do is like he's involved one way or the other. There are times when, like when, my, when he got ill, he's the breadwinner. And we couldn't really pay my sister's fees. And then the headmistress said, I know your father. It's okay. Oh. It's, it's, I know your father. It's okay. Oh. I mean, Mr. I, I know your father. I go, to, I, I, I go to work at different companies. And then one time, this, this last one, then I'm, I'm gone. Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to request for something from the boss. And he didn't have my email address. So I wrote down my, my email. It's charles.ie at dot com. When he saw the name, he's like, oh, do you know a certain Charles? This, uh, I said, that's my father. The man couldn't talk again. He, he didn't talk again. And then, I don't know if he wanted to cry, but he said, I should, I should go. I should go. Later on, he saw me another time in the office, and he sat down with me and spoke to me for 30 minutes for what my father meant to him. And because of that, he opened so many doors for me, just because of my father. Oh, I just I want to thank God your hands so much. For Jesus. I just put want to thank God so much. Jesus. The Bible says that honor your father and mother that it may be well with and you. Be and well with you. And that's be, practically well with what our brother is experiencing. Amen. I want to thank God so much for the opportunity to come to church. Because if I didn't come to church, I wouldn't hear it. I wouldn't change. I want to thank Daddy for the messages about fathers and mothers. It's a blessing. And it's something we need to take very serious. Our fathers are the... He's the greatest man I know. He is the greatest man I know. I love him so much. And I thank Daddy. I thank God. I thank everyone in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Father, thank you for this chance we have to serve you. We are grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated and uh, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 54. We are receiving our offering. And Isaiah chapter 54. Today, I want you to believe God for a breakthrough. What is a breakthrough? A breakthrough is um, an act or an instance of removing an obstruction or a restriction in your life. Amen. Amen. It is a breakthrough. Everybody say breakthrough. It's a significant or sudden advance. And you are receiving a sudden advance. A sudden and significant achievement. Amen. A sudden or significant increase. How many believe that there can be a sudden and significant increase? Yes. You know, when a woman is in labor, she can be in pain for a long time. Then at a point, there can be a sudden change of everything and then baby will just come out. That's how it is. You can be in labor for 24 hours of pain, pain, pain. But then suddenly the doctor can say, okay, it's coming now. And then everything will change. And there'll be a sudden um, change of the whole environment and the baby will just come out. It's true. That's how it works. All right? So, I believe that breakthroughs, changes in long-standing issues that don't want to yield themselves are things that God organizes. Amen. Amen. And in Isaiah 54... And verse 3, or verse, I said Isaiah 54, from verse 1. From verse 1, sing, O barren, verse 2, uh, enlarge the place of your tent. And then verse 3 says, Thou shalt break forth, or thou shalt have a breakthrough. Amen. Amen. Thou shalt break forth, which means thou shalt have a breakthrough. Breakthrough. Do you, are you with me? Yes, are you getting the English word? Yes. Break forth. Breakthrough. Now that is a characteristic of many things that we experience in our lives. Thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. And thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Now, God has a plan for your life. You know, this part of the service is a prophetic um, word for you. And the prophecy that you believe is the one that you are going to experience. There are many times 
that we go through things not because you have done something wrong. Do you see? Not because you've done something wrong, but because that is what is necessary for your life at that time. Now, if you look at Jesus in Luke chapter 13, verse 32, it said, Go ye tell the fox that behold, I cast out devils and I do cures today and tomorrow. And then the third day, I shall be perfected. Now, he was describing his ministry and was describing his ministry in three phases. One was casting out devils today, cures tomorrow, and perfecting on the third day. The first day was to cast out devils. Now, casting out devils is... The Bible says the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach deliverance. Deliverance is the act and the act of casting out devils. Preaching casts out a lot of devils. So preaching. Then cures the next day, the next phase. Solving problems, helping people, bringing healing. But on the third day, he was being perfected. Not that he was doing anything. So in the third phase of his ministry, he was experiencing things that would perfect him. That's what he said. And if you look at Jesus, you realize that he set his face to go to Jerusalem and he had to experience all the things. The Bible says all the things that were written of him when all of them had come to pass. So, in your life and your ministry, there are things that you have to go through. You know, Derek Prince wrote a book called The Grace of Yielding. It's actually a a nice message, if you care to listen to it. The Grace of Yielding. He said that a time will come where your accomplishment will be to yield to things, but not to even accomplish something. And he starts out in this message by saying that he was watching television and he saw a pastor preaching. And this pastor was saying all the great things that God had done in his life and in his ministry. He said, oh, he had done this, he had done this, he had been able to do this. And he said it was a wonderful testimony. But as he was watching, he knew in himself that A time will come when this guy who was achieving a lot of things will not have to achieve but will have to go through certain things as a form of a a stage of his life and his ministry. First, today I cast out devils. Tomorrow I perform cures. But on the third day I'll be perfected. To experience Betrayal, persecution, 
hatred, envy, wickedness. Bible says Jesus was crucified because of envy. Envy is when people are not excited about your progress. And most people in the world are not happy about your progress. There are just a few people that are happy about your progress. Most are not. Maybe you don't know. It's that discovery that is part of your education. Are you with me? So, there are things that we are going through that you have to go through as part of your education in God. And then comes the breakthrough. You see, and that's why sometimes it's like for a long time, things may be going a certain way and a certain way and a certain way, but then comes the breakthrough. Now, Joseph, for instance, was in prison for 12 years. And that's a long time to be in prison. That's a long time to be in prison. He was in prison for 12 years. He was 17 years old when he was captured and sold twice. He was sold to the Midianites. And then the Midianites sold him to the Ishmaelites. If you read the Bible, you see it's all there. And the Ishmaelites took him to Egypt and he sold him again three times. So he was actually sold three times. Yeah. And he stayed in Potiphar's house for one year. It was at the end of one year that Potiphar's wife, whose name is actually Zelika. Yes. <laughs> Potiphar's wife approached him. And the whole crisis began. And when Potiphar's wife took him up and he refused, as he was running away from her, his, his, uh, his clothes got torn. I don't know why I'm telling you all these stories. Are you interested in all these stories? <laughs> his clothes got torn. And then she realized that uh, there was going to be a crisis. So she started shouting and then the people came and then they called for Potiphar who had gone to town, who was not around. So when Potiphar came, then they took Joseph and they started to beat him. And Joseph explained and said, look, I've been here for one year. I've not done anything like this. Have you heard of anything like this? But they would not believe him. And um, so many things have, I don't know whether to bother you with all the. Uh, <laughs> are you sure you want to know all these things? <laughs> so, they wanted to beat, they, they were beating him, and uh, of course they were going to kill him. And then, according to the story, there was an 11-month-old baby, child. There. The child was only 11 months old. And suddenly the child spoke. How, how, how old are you supposed to be when you start speaking? One, you start saying, yeah. This is so 11 months. And the child spoke and spoke and said, this is what has been happening all, all along. 
Yes. And everybody was stunned. Yeah. Because you see, it, it, is, it, is, it is amazing that Joseph wasn't killed. If you think about it, a slave who was taken should have been killed. And then the child spoke. And when the child spoke, everybody was stunned. And then the child stopped speaking. Wouldn't speak. So they were confused. So then they decided to call priests, the priests of Midian. And this priest came to come and judge in the matter. So the priest said, let us go for the cloth that was torn and see which side was torn. If it was torn in the front or if it was torn in the back. If it was torn in the front, it means that she was face to face. He was face to face with the lady and not that he was running or whatever. So when they brought the clothes, they saw that it was torn in the front. And they realized that, hmm, there's something wrong with the story. So, they sent Potiphar to the prison. And they sent Joseph to the prison. And Joseph was in the prison for 12 good years. And it was after 10 years that the baker and the butler had the dream. And when the baker, listen, it's very connected to your breakthrough. Listen. (laughs) it was 10 years it was 10 years after that he was there now whilst he was in the prison whilst he was in the prison the baker had a dream the butler had a dream he interpreted all the two dreams and then when they were going out of the prison he told the butler Remember me when you go and you are free. Now, when the butler went, he completely, there was, there was actually a feast. Pharaoh was doing a feast and he needed the butler to come back to help. So, and the reason why the butler was put in the prison was because flies were found in the wine that he was serving to Pharaoh. And the reason why the baker was in the prison was that some stones were found in the bread that he served to Pharaoh. Yes. (laughs) Please, I hope you are listening to what I'm saying. Yeah. (laughs) Now, when the butler went out, are you listening? It's very connected to your breakthrough. When the butler went out, okay, he completely forgot, I think because of the celebrations or whatever. But then, as the book says, it was of the Lord that he should forget it because Joseph trusted in man. He put his trust in man. So it was of the Lord that he should forget about it because he put his trust in man. You see, when I read that, I was really touched. You see, putting your trust out, when you go, you speak for me. When you go, you make the connection for me. You help me to, be, to do this. Help me to do that. And it was of the Lord to forget about him for another two years. Do you see? And then two years later, then he was remembered because uh, uh, what do you call it? Had a dream. 
Pharaoh had a dream. And the people came with all sorts of interpretations. <laughs> One of them said that these are seven, the seven cows are seven wives you will marry. I mean, I, I don't want to bother you with all those. The different interpretations that they had. One said that these are seven cities that you will build in your lifetime. One said that these are seven kings, seven sons that will be born to you, another son that will come and they will kill these ones. All will happen in your lifetime. Different interpretations. But Pharaoh said, no. I don't want to bother you with all this. But what I want you to know is that when it comes to breakthroughs, the power of God is very much, you see, there are supernatural things that have to do with your breakthrough in this life. Yes. And you must know that there is a supernatural element in all the things. And there are lines that people that are chosen. You see, when you see, when you read the history, you see that Noah was alive when Abraham was alive. Noah. Abraham, when Abraham was born, Noah was alive. You just have to look in your Bible and see the dates and the times. Because Noah lived to 950 years. So all the people were born. His son Shem was over 500. So they were alive for a long time. This is from Abraham and Koda, they started to reduce to less than 200 years. And now you see what we are left with. You see that now you are looking old. Is it not true? Yes. Mercy. So, there is a supernatural element and all through when God chooses you, he chose Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There were many others. But it was those who God chose and those who he had blessed. And he had a blessing that was planned for Jacob and through his sons, Joseph. Joseph was special. He was the youngest, or one of the youngest. But there was a special mantle upon him to do well. So even if you are the youngest, don't worry. Or you are not the first in a certain order. You may be the one whom God has chosen. And when the time comes for a breakthrough, for the supernatural element, you must respect it. And you must also induce it by doing supernatural things. For anybody sitting in this room to give an offering today, it means you believe in supernatural things because there is not even one person here who doesn't need the money that is in your pocket. Have I told a lie? I said that everybody here needs the money. In fact, if you think clearly, you will see so much that you need and that you need money for. And why would you take 10% or more and give it to the house of God, to the church, and to the work of God? The only reason you do something like that is because you believe in the supernatural when Jesus says, give and it shall be given to you. Giving will cause supernatural things to work in your life. 
You don't have to believe it, but if you believe in supernatural things, which I do. You know, if I look at this church and I see the way God has worked with us from Kolegono and Mamprobi to where the church is today, I can only, I mean, not, I can only say that I feel there's something supernatural about it. Oh, yes. Even in the pandemic and in all that we've been through, the church has rather increased and done so many things which are still amazing to me. So, I want you to actually believe that there is a supernatural element. I don't need to really convince you much about that, but I'm sure you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. There is a supernatural element in everything. You see, when Joseph gave his interpretation, one has said this to be seven princes, that will be, one said it will be seven queens. One said there will be seven cities you built. One said there will be seven children you are going to give birth to. And another seven children, seven lean cows, are seven bad children who come and kill the seven good children. A lot of interpretations. So when, they, when Joseph came and said, these are seven good years and the seven evil years of famine are coming to eat up, then Pharaoh asked him that. So how do we know that what you are saying is also true? Yes. It is the supernatural element that is present and you see, God does not need to and does not Produce his supernatural input in a way all the time at your, at your women fancy when you feel like. But as and when he chooses to. So when Joseph, when, when he asked Joseph, say you, if you look at Joseph's life, you see that when he was put in the, when he was put in the, in the pit, it was food, there were serpents, there were snakes, there were scorpions, and all those, and he wailed and he cried. Nobody came to save him. It was when the Midianites were passing that they heard him crying. They, they pulled him out. When he was going, he told them, my father is a rich man. He will give you a lot of money. If you take me to my father, I promise you, nobody listened to him. Then the Midianites at a point became afraid of him, of, of this person. Because he was a nice person. He doesn't look like a slave. Then they sold him to the Ishmael because they didn't want, they didn't want to keep him. And the Israelites also didn't, were not happy. There were some thunderstorms on the way. And they said, there is something about this guy. Yes. There is a supernatural element in your life when God's hand is over you all through your life. Give the Lord a shout of hallelujah. I tell you, when Joseph was asked, so this one says seven queens. This one says seven princes. This one says seven whatever. How do we know that it's true? Then God gave Joseph a word of knowledge. Yes. And Joseph said, one of your wives right now is sitting on a stool giving birth. As we speak. One of your children who is two years old will die today and one will be born today. She's sitting on the stool right now. And you will be comforted by the one that is born. I love it. 
And Pharaoh was in the house when he heard lamentations. And this, he said, what is it? He said, the child is, uh, one of the ch- children had died and one had been born. By that time, they had sent Joseph back to the prison. Joseph was in the prison. They took him back, straight back. When he came, he gave his temptation back. Yes. So he was back there when they came and brought him again. That Charlie, the breakthrough is real. It looked as if it wasn't coming, but it is real. Give the Lord a shout for your breakthrough, which is coming online. There is a supernatural element in your life. And you must believe it. There's a supernatural element in the church. Years ago, I drove to Manprobi. I was driving by Manprobi and I saw a church there. And I heard the Holy Spirit saying to me, your church would have been just like this. It was made of wood, wawa boards, small church. Because many churches do not blossom, do not flourish, cannot grow, cannot develop. It doesn't happen. No matter the preaching. And as I speak, from the south of Mozambique to the north of Mozambique to Nampula, cathedrals are being built and churches are in all through the town. Different, different, different cities. In Kenya, in any, just mention the country. So, what a blessing. And I believe that when you take your seat and you say, that is my belief in the supernatural is to give. But if you don't believe the supernatural, I would advise you to work very hard and very diligently because that is also necessary. But there will be no supernatural element in anything. Just your hard work is the main thing. That, and that one will also yield a lot because you need to be diligent to prosper. That's what I'm saying that when Joseph was being taken, all this, he was in the pit. No one was, it was very dark. There were snakes. There were, the snakes even went to hide. You know? There was no help. His brothers wouldn't feel messy. So things looked natural. But then when there needed to be a miracle, are you listening to me? When there needed to be a miracle, just that small introduction of a small supernatural element at a particular point, then God released the supernatural. Because as you understand, that somebody says seven princes, seven queens, seven days, seven days. You two, you say seven years. How does it help us? I feel that today, eh, when you take your offering in your hand and you place it, those watching online from wherever, when you take your offering and you place it, I feel that you are introducing a supernatural element to your financial situation in Jesus' name. And your life will no longer be governed by just your physical, human ability and effort in Jesus' name. Amen. Take out your special offering. Take out your tithe. Take out your gift for the Lord. What did he say? The more you give, the more you receive. According to the measure that you give, 
sow your tithe. There is nothing like prosperity without giving, at least a certain type of prosperity. Take your tithes, take your tithes, your offerings, everything that you have. Let us assume even that there's only one offering and just give everything today. Supernaturally, you, there will be a supernatural dimension. 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 If I've prospered today, it is not from salaries. When I was coming to full-time ministry, there was nothing like a salary that I was looking forward to. It's the power and the grace of God. Amen. Father, I thank you for today's powerful expose on the breakthrough. Just as you gave a breakthrough to Joseph and for Joseph, make a breakthrough come for everyone that is part of this great offering. We give you thanks. We give you praise for what you have done, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Ashes. Ah, so no ashes. Come forward and with your tithes, your offerings. And uh, is a choir singing for us at the same time? The choir is going to come forward singing beautifully.
Dumnezeu. Thank you for me All my dreams 
Do you really like Sunday mornings? Felt like I was in a, another church, my church in secondary school, when we all used to use the cloth to cover our face and sleep. But I think we're in first love church. Do you really like Sunday mornings? Oh, I can't hear you. Do you really like Sunday mornings? You know, I used to work at a bank. And when you go to work in the morning, there's a feeling on Monday morning. I really hate Sunday, Monday mornings. I used to go and hide in the toilet stalls and put my head down and sleep. One day, one of my work colleagues came into the toilet and heard snoring. So he had to bang on the door and say, I mean, it's too much. I'm taking it too far. I used to hate Monday mornings. But I used to look forward to Sunday mornings. <sighs> when I used to leave work and come to church, and I remember the first thing that always used to happen was they'll be leading prayer. And then they'll lead praise and worship. And they used to sing a song for praise and worship. There was a praise and worship leader used to sing, As we gather in this place today, Holy Spirit. And I, used to, I remember the feeling of peace that this is better. And as Sunday keeps progressing, you keep thinking of Monday that it's coming. That work is coming. How many of you have had that feeling before? Something bad is coming. Some of you, tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning, you'll be half asleep in a torture trying to make it to work. My goodness. But that's for tomorrow. But for today, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. There are pleasures evermore. And what's even more exciting is that our prophet is in church today. Our pastor is here today. There's something special for you. You know, let me take my time. Listen, last week we learned about the burden of love. What I can say is that when our prophet is in church, there's a certain fullness. There's a certain weight. And the anointing is here today. There is nothing more exciting than hearing the word of God. There's nothing more exciting than receiving what God has to say for us. So this morning, I really hate Monday mornings. But I really love, I love Sunday mornings. And today, right here at the First Love Center, joining us online, the presence of God is here, the anointing is here, the grace of God is here, and nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. It's impossible when you put your trust in Come on, let me hear you sing it in faith, nothing is impossible. It's impossible when you're trusting in his word now speak to yourself say hearken to the voice of god of god to me come on give the lord a dance is there anything too hard for me then put your trust in god alone and rest upon come on lift your hands and say everything oh i see your life turning around god is about to move Give the Lord a shout of praise. Sing it again. Nothing is impossible. It's impossible when you put your trust in Wave at me if you believe nothing is impossible. It's impossible because I'm trusting in His word. Happy to the voice. Happy to the voice of God to thee. Is there anything too hard for God? Too hard for me. Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His word for everything. Everything, oh everything, yes everything is 
impossible with come on let me hear a sound of praise let me hear a sound of faith hallelujah for today for your great blessing that you give to us we are blessed in Jesus name Amen you may be seated now I I believe that you are already full from the first session that we had so sometimes when you go to a restaurant the starters are nicer than even the main meal although the main meal also makes you full but I believe that you are blessed amen Amen. now today I want to continue the burden of love part 2 the burden of love now love is an important uh, message for every Christian. And love is also a burden. It's a burden to have to love. And it's a burden to love. Loving is not as they make it out to be in the films. Do you get it? We have honeymoon counseling. You know, we have learned a lot of things from the pandemic, which I think will remain even when the pandemic is gone. Yeah. I don't think there will be much handshaking in the world till Jesus returns. I think handshaking is like a thing of the past. Shaking hands, shaking hands, shaking hands. I don't think, even if those who think that it's rude for you not to shake hands, I don't think it will come back easily. And masks will also remain. Anytime there are people are in a crowded space, so they will be wearing masks. Even after, long after the pandemic is gone. They are all things that have come to stay. Mm. <laughs> I hope you are still taking your chloroquine. You should take it all. Take chloroquine, vitamin C, zinc, ivermectin, all the things. Because the thing is not fully explained yet. The doctors themselves will tell you if they will be honest. Things are not clear. So you should take your chloroquine and whatever that's your doctor will tell you to take. Anyway, the burden of love, part two. Love is very important, number one, because death awaits those who don't love. Death awaits those who don't love. First John chapter three, verse 13. Marvel not, 
my brethren, if the world hates you, verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Amen. So loving the brethren is helping you see that you've passed from death to life. Now, if you pass from death to life because you love, it means when you do not love, you pass from life to death. And the Bible says that when you don't love your brother, you abide in death. You live in death. How many want to live in the midst of death? So life comes. What Life can also be described as opportunity. When we look at ourselves in the church, you realize that you are here because an opportunity has been given to you. You've been loved. That's why you are in the church. Because when you were in your element and performing and manifesting certain things, if we were to bring it out fully here, you yourself would not accept yourself. True or not true? Is it a truism? You would dismiss yourself and say, no, 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 cannot be possible. But by the love of God, God so loved the world and the love of his kindness, you know, his forgiveness, his tender mercies. You've been given an opportunity. So then life goes on. Life goes on because you've been given an opportunity. Life goes on because you've been loved. So life only goes on when you've been loved. And life only happens when you, you experience love. Marriage relationships only carry on when there is love. Not sex. Love. Not lust. Love. Not distraction. Love. Because there is there's nothing like a human being who is not evil. At least to some extent. It's true. The Bible says there is none righteous. Not one. So all of us have unrighteousness in us. It's only about time and opportunity. It's true. Time and opportunity. There are certain things if we had had opportunity, ha, it would not have been easy. And some of us have, even if you committed 17 sins, it would have been 30, but opportunity cut it short. Otherwise, you were, you were all out. You were ready. But there was no opportunity. So, God in his love, tender love, has made you have life. That's why we are living in Christ. There is no good person. Everyone has evil, but it's just the chance, the opportunity. 
I was listening to Derek Prince the other day. He said something. He said, we all used to say, and they lived happily ever after. They fell in love and they lived happily. He said, he said on his tape, he was talking about marriage. He said, there's nothing like that. He said, I've, he was in his second marriage. He said, I had a happy marriage. But even in the happiest of marriages, there will be many sad days. And he said, if you want to be truthful, you will f- say that there will be more sad days than happy days. That's Derek Prince. I'm quoting. In life. He said, there's nothing like that. They lived happily ever after. Everybody's become quiet. I don't know whether. That's why I decided to quote from Derek Prince. So that it's like, it's, it's not, I didn't say it. And he said, even the happiest marriage ends in a funeral. Yes, he said, even the happiest marriage ends in a funeral. There's nothing like they live happily ever after. Because even the best and the nicest will end in that, on that note. I've seen couples where the spouse, the other one is dead, and the other one who is alive is very, bo- apart from sorrow, very angry with the spouse. You know, for, for dying. How can you die? Yes, how can you die at this time? <laughs> So, brothers and sisters, love is a burden that we need to realize the implications of love. All right? Now, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 because I want to just jump into that straight away. From verse 1, we read at weddings, but we read here today. Though I speak with the... Excuse me, with the tongues of men and of angels, and I have not charity, which is the other word for love, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling symbol. Let me change to the American Bible. That will be easier. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I've become a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. What I, whenever I read this verse, I remember rising bell in secondary school. Do you have still rising bell in your school? I don't know how they were able to invent something that can really wake up everybody. It must be really loud coming to think of it because you are far from where the bell is but it's waking you up and everybody wakes up. And it's like it wakes you up for 35 whatever time. So there is a burden on tongue-speaking people to be, to walk in love. Otherwise, tongue-speakers will move into death. There's a burden on those who speak in tongues. You know, anyone who speaks in tongues and prays a lot, there is a burden 
on you to, to walk in love and to have love as well. Bishop Frank, I hope you are listening to me. You get it? Yes. So if you speak in tongues, you get it? There is still a burden on you to be, to actually walk in love apart from the tongues. It's not over now that you are speaking in tongues. There's a burden. There's a burden. And you see, everyone, it is this burden that you must realize is very, very important. Now, why? Why is it important? Because the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, verse 22, is love. You know, the fruit of a tree is the fruit, is the nice part. A mango tree, do you eat mango leaves? No, no one eats the leaves. You eat the fruits. You enjoy the fruits. So we are not going to enjoy the tongues part of you. We are going to enjoy the fruit part of you. The fruit. Love is a fruit. That is the nice part of you. So when I come to relate with you, if I'm going to marry you, relate with you, befriend you, right? It is the fruit part of you that I'm going to enjoy, not the tongues part. And so if you don't have love, although you are a wild tongue speaker, so those of you who are attracted to tongue speakers, I really like that guy. You are attracted to the leaves and the branches. The fruits, we don't even know whether there are fruits. Because there will be no fruits. Why do you think pastors also get divorced? Why do you think Christians get divorced? Why do you think Christians break up their friendships? What happens? Do you understand? It is love, the fruits, the nice part is not there. Not the speaking in tongues part. So there is a burden on you and I to be loving Christians. First Corinthians chapter 13 verse 2. Are you with me? And in fact, if there is no nice fruit, it's like, oh, it's just noise. Now it says, if I have the gift of prophecy and I know all mysteries, and all knowledge and I have all faith so as to remove mountains but I don't have love I am nothing now there is a burden of love on you otherwise you become nothing you become nothing what turns somebody into nothing if you are doing well in the ministry and then Suddenly, you start quarreling with your fellow brother or your fellow pastor. Or you start attacking your fellow brother or, I mean, doing things that are not Christian love. You become nothing. 
Even though you, you, you are exercising the gift of knowledge and of prophecy, you become nothing. You become nothing. Your fighting and your somewhereness makes you nothing. You see, I want you to notice there's a difference between verse 2 and verse 3. Verse 3 says, it profited me nothing. That is, it doesn't benefit you. That talks about giving. It says, if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, I should have benefited. And if I surrender my body to be burned, I even give my body as part of my gift. But I don't have love. It, it profits me nothing. So I should have profited. This one says, I don't profit, or I don't benefit from the giving. But the first one says that I am nothing. It's like you are nothing at all. So there is a burden of love on people who have the gifts of prophecy, which is the gift of preaching also. You cannot have the gift. That is why if Charles stands here and tells us that he now loves his father, do you see? Right? He now loves his father. Then God has worked on the, uh, uh, the fruit part, because that is the nice part. If you have a son and the son loves you, even the father will now enjoy the son because the son loves the father. So he, for the first time, you have something nice from the son, not the tongues that he's speaking. Well, he had been speaking in tongues for some time, or he's prophesying, or he knows mysteries, or he has this, or he's like this. The part that you experience is the love part of a person. So when the love part is not developed, and even we go for marriage counseling, it doesn't develop the love part because all the things that are told to you, you will not practice them. You will not practice them because you just be some way. And you'll be a bad experience for somebody. A terrible experience. Oh, yes. It doesn't take people long to become sour in their marriages. Oh, yes. You see people saying all sorts of horrible things shortly after being married. And it's, you see that there's either no fruit. Now, I don't want to lie to you. A, a mango tree that I brought from Guinea, I planted in my house. I can't lie to you. Eight years ago, up till today, you see, just leaves. There's nothing nice about the tree. You get what I So if I divorce this tree, I, I hope you'll not be surprised. Yes. I, I call my cutlass man. I say, remove this tree because it hasn't got anything nice for me. I brought it because it was short and it wouldn't go tall. I don't have to climb to black mangoes. I would just be picking them like this. A special tree. And up till today, eight years. So I don't know how many more years I have to wait. Prince, is it okay now? It's not going to come. It's, it's over. So if you look at the person... Maybe you should look at the person next to you and wonder, are there any fruits or there's nothing? At all? Maybe just prophecies, just tongues, and then what? Knowledge. Mysteries and knowledge. Mysteries and knowledge. Revelations. Revelations. But the nice part of you it's not there. Does not exist. How can we benefit or enjoy this mango tree? And this is the third time it's happened to me. Yes. 
This is the third mango tree in my life that has been planted and didn't bear fruit. It's the third time. I hope it's not a curse. <laughs> I want everybody who has a beloved or a potential beloved or a pipeline to look carefully at this tree that is standing there and check out whether there are any mangoes on this tree or it is just leaves and what have you. Fruitless trees. Being nice before marriage is normal. It's not fruits. Everybody is nice before marriage when they want you to marry them. They are all pleasant and very nice and, I mean, talking nicely with words and what have you. That one there, Charlie. That is intelligence. Intelligence. The person is very intelligent and knows that I have to share scriptures because he's a pastor. So when you see the person who shares scripture, you have to share quiet time because he's a pastor. So I have to say that I like missions. I like, I want, I like missions and I want to be a missionary. I, I have to mention the call of God. When you are talking, say the call of God and all those things. Then after marriage, you see the person who say, I need my necklace. I need my, my shoes. I need my earrings. Mention John Wesley when you are talking to him. Mention John Wesley and William, uh, William Carey, yes. And he, he, they will rarely mention the song. Yeah, they will see that, yes. But really, that is an, a display of manipulation and deception. Yes, deception and manipulation, which you grow to dislike. You grow to dislike with time. You realize that the person is too clever. Yeah. I, I know people who are married and they wonder that, ah, this person is even, even doesn't want to go to church. The person is not even interested in church. What was it before? The person was always around. There was a time that I used to see sometimes when I see people who are very committed, I realize that oh, there's somebody somewhere. That's why their commitment is very strong. There's somebody somewhere. Hmm. So please, there is a burden on all of you with gifts of prophecies and mysteries. Now, it says, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains and I do not have love, now, what is faith? Faith is obedience, and obedience is faith. So, even the most obedient of Christians still have a burden of love. You may be very obedient, but you have a burden of walking in Christian love, even if you are very obedient. You see, I'm sharing this and I'm calling it the burden. Because it is a burden. It is a burden. When I, when I say burden, bring the word burden up. Somebody should bring the word burden. I think we are missing what is, what is burden. 
burden. Burden is like a weight, a problem, some, a load, something that is heavy on you, that puts pressure on you. There's pressure on those who have very obedient to also have love and walk in love. There's pressure on you. I'm telling you. And I know it. Ah, they brought some meanings. Now, this is not a clever thing. To encumber, to oppress. No. You have brought the wrong dictionary. It's a responsibility. Bring a thesaurus, huh? A duty, obligation, a charge. The onus is on you. Yes. You know, there is a, there's pressure on you, sister. There's pressure on you, brother, to walk in love. There's pressure on me to walk in love. There's pressure on me to walk in love. And it's, it's, not, it's not automatic because we are not naturally loving. But even if you are the most obedient person to God, there's pressure on you still to walk in Christian love. And that's the nice part of you. Somebody said something about Kenneth Hagin. He said that when you hear Kenneth Hagin preaching, you um, hear about faith. But those who testified at his funeral and outside the funeral say that when you come close to him, there's nothing about faith. There's no faith at all. It's just love. Now, I wonder what somebody would say about me if you came close to me. And I wonder what somebody would say about you if the person now comes close to you and starts to relate with you closely. Because fruits, you have to go close to the tree before you start to see the nice things that are there. That's why people have a completely different impression about somebody from afar. So sometimes you meet the person and you say, ah, it's different from what I thought. Yeah, so different. Because there are people who have time. I know people who have time like two hours, three hours to talk about only me. To say bad things about me. I know people like that. I've, I've met people who have told me this one has time to just denigrate you and say so many things. So, what is it like when we come close to you? Turn to the nearest sister and say, you look so beautiful today. You look so really nice, you know. Yeah. But what is it really like? What is it like to be close to you? Do you bath? Do you smile? Do you argue? Do you have a different opinion of everything? 
Are you flowing or you are stubborn? That part is not dressing. You see, naturally, if you give a woman the opportunity to dress nicely, the money, the wardrobe, the opportunities, ah, you have entered her cocoa farm. Yes. You have entered her cocoa farm. She'll do it for you. Princess Diana's wardrobe was as long as 12 or 14 townhouses together. That was her wardrobe of clothes. Because she was a lady who was given an opportunity to be a woman. Be a lady. Like be yourself. And express yourself. Express who. And you see, she expressed herself. Dresses galore. Shoes and how you look. Yes. But what was she like as a wife? When they divorced, when they divorced eventually, there were two opinions that people had. Some had opinion that she was like this. Some had opinion the other was like that. Yes, depending on which understanding you have. But what is she, what was she like? That's different from the dresses. That's why I said you should turn to the nearest lady who is sitting nearby you and dressed up so beautifully, looking nice with lipstick, red lipstick and blue lipstick and fingernails like Dracula and it has done so many things and is sitting by you. And What are you really like to experience? Are there fruits or just leaves? I said, are there fruits or they're just leaves? As for me, I believe in giving ladies the opportunity to dress, to have necklaces, earrings, everything. Have all. They should have as much. And there's a particular shop everybody must go to. It's in Singapore. It's called, the shop is called, there is nothing like too many shoes limited. There's nothing like too many shoes for a girl. And I agree. Only that after that, there is a burden of love. There's a burden of love. There's a burden for you to be a nice experience. The person who is with you, what does the person experience? Yes, that's the fruit, or it's just leaves. And many people who have the opportunity to dress up, buy shoes, do this, do that, I tell you, all the attention is on the dressing. They are empty shells at home. The dressing is a compensation for the emptiness. There's no link between the extent of the dressing and the different combination of light colored pinkish with a reddish flavor somewhere combined with this and that and what have you. Hey! 
and the behavior at home. Ask your neighbor, do you have any fruits? I need fruits. I need, I need something to enjoy. There is a burden of love. Now, I just want to say something for those who are very obedient to God. So much so that you have so much faith that you can move mountains. First John 4, 17. The burden of love is on you because love will be used as a basis for your judgment. Not the other things. It says, herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. You see, you need your love to be perfected so that you'll be bold on the day of judgment. You know that I forgive. I was very forgiving. I was loving. I was this. I was whatever I was love. Boldness in the day of judgment comes from love. Herein is our love made perfect. All right? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So those of you who are obedient, turn to your nearest man of faith. Turn to the nearest brother who is a man. A man of faith, missionary man of faith. There is a burden of love on you. You are here, you are able to move mountains. I hear you are able to move mountains. But judgment will be based on the love. Judgment will be based on the love. Verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. There is a burden on you to be patient. Amen. Patience. Take your time. Have patience with me. Not to be in a hurry to rush things. Your hurriedness and your lack of giving people the opportunity to show their repentance you see, it's a lack of patience. That's why when the man uh, who had committed a sin, 70 times 7, that story that Jesus told, when he said, forgive me, his words were, have patience with me, I will pay thee all. See, when you are begging for forgiveness, add begging for patience, like have patience with me, I'll pay thee all, like with time, I'll be okay. Not that you are, you'll be okay, that I tell the brother you'll be okay, but have patience with it. I will pay. I'm, I'm going to make all the effort to get what I need. And I'll pay thee all. Have patience with me. And I will pay thee all. Have patience. So when you marry someone and you don't have patience with the person, the person cannot pay thee all. Yeah, he cannot pay the all because the things you require. You see, because everyone has his requirements. You'll be surprised what makes people happy. You know, for some people, to marry is to wear the same color when you are going out. That is, 
that is marriage like it really matters yes and for some people to marry is to move together in public that is that is like 90% of marriage for them is to move they sit together they move together to functions they will be at funerals together weddings together like the ideal couple image is marriage to them to them they are marrying so we are marrying pa uh-huh. like whatever is in the house it doesn't matter but once we go together we go to old boys association old girls association this meeting that meeting we are together and people see us then we are really marrying. It depends on what the person you have married thinks is important. But for that person, you have to know that the person may take time to provide for you what you think is nice. Yeah. For me, I ask myself that if I am seen with you if I marry you and I'm always with you and at home I'm not enjoying certain things, I don't know what is the use of being seen with you. I don't, I don't see how it helps. How does it help us? Personally, I don't personally see. But, but for some people, that is 90%. The house doesn't matter at all. Yes. Somebody came to see me in the office and he told me that he's had enough. I said, enough of what? I said, enough of this. The marriage, the marriage is over. So I said, what is the problem? He said, Bishop, you cannot, I don't know how to tell us, Pastor, the pastor said, you cannot believe. I can still see his face. He was sitting across the chair like that. He said, cobwebs, cobwebs in the house, cobwebs. You can't believe if you come to my house, you see cobwebs. So that day when I went home, I started to look up. And I saw so many couples. I told my wife, you know something? If I follow this man's thing, eh, that would be the end of us. But I thought it occurred to me before because I'm not looking at that. Have patience with me. I'll pay the all. Soon I'll be, your house will be cobweb free. You see, I'll become an expert cobweb remover. Patience. Love is patient. Yes. Maybe the person you married is not as sexy as that other. <laughs> I will pay Dior. Maybe she's now developing the skills that are necessary to pay the all. Well, that is what you were looking for. So love is patient. If you get somebody who is patient, you say, wow, I've really caught someone. Look at your stew made of mostly flour. Flour stew. Tasteless flour stew. I know somebody who made a special stew, onion stew, just onions. 
But if you get a patient man, he will tell you that you need to add tomatoes to the onions before the whole stew is made. Yes. So when you get a loving person, don't take it for granted. And you yourself, be loving. Hey, my husband is here. It's like, it doesn't bring anything. Have patience. He will pay the all. So he will bring money to the house. Eh? Slowly, 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 maybe. You will not get such a nice man who doesn't have money. One sister, she could speak in tongues. She could do everything, but she had no patience. Every day she was insulting the husband. You don't bring anything. You don't bring anything. You don't bring anything. And one day she said, I'm leaving you because you don't bring anything. And as she was leaving, she fell down. And I think she broke something. So the husband who doesn't bring anything took her. She was leaving. Actually, her pack, she was going. So he took her to the hospital. When she finished being healed, she said what she said, that she's leaving because he doesn't bring anything. And he, he looked after her in the hospital. He did everything for her. She said he doesn't bring anything. It's useless. There's nothing much. It's only the war clock that he brought. So, don't laugh. My stories are to real people. She went to the mother's house. She was one week, two weeks, three weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. Now she was Wondering that when is her husband going to come to that? He, he would visit her once until she was healed. When will he come and take her back to the house? Because it's like she had spoken a lot of whatever. Yeah. She should come and he never brought it up until now she couldn't hold herself again. She said, when are you going to come? Oh, no, no. When are you bringing me? When are you coming to, 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 to come and see my parents so that you, you bring? He said, oh, no, no, it's okay. It's all, it's all right. Don't worry. There's no problem at all. <laughs> Every time she brought it up, she brought, he said, she said, oh, it's okay. No problem. Oh, you, 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 you'll be here. Up till today, I'm speaking. He never brought her back. Yes. He never brought her back. I don't say I don't bring anything, isn't it? I don't. I'm this. I'm this useless. Whatever. I, I, he didn't bring her back. Up to today. Yeah. You have to be careful. You have to. I have patience with this useless, useless man. Useless man. Wow. I don't want to say some things in the in the microphone. Yeah. Have patience. I'm a pastor, my preaching is not good. Have patience with me. Love is patient. The first one, have patience. My preaching will improve. Gradually, as I preach more, okay, my preaching will get better. 
So I, I didn't touch on your area. You get it? <laughs> I didn't touch on your aspect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I touched on so many, so many things, but I didn't touch on your area. I only preached to, to women, but you didn't preach to the men. Have patience with me. I will pay the all. Yes. And my, my preaching is not, doesn't have to be balanced the way you think is balanced. I'm preaching what, I, what is in my heart to preach. You don't like it. Join another church. They preach balanced preaching to you over there. Yes. Having patience with people is a beautiful aspect of your Christian character. And there is a burden on you to be patient. A person who is not patient cannot be a pastor. Hey, people are some way. People will leave the church and they'll come back. People will be disloyal, they'll come back. If I have had 100 orangus, 90%, more than 90% have come back to say sorry. More than 90%. Eventually, they come back. I've had calls even from every corner. What happened? I'm sorry. When I started my church, I realized it's not as I thought. I said, don't worry. Have patience. If you had had patience, you would not have even left the church. But I said, whatever is wrong, eventually it may have been corrected. One of the reasons why people become orangos is actually a lack of patience. Sometimes they feel that I'm, I, this thing, I'll, 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 I'll correct it. Remember that a sheep cannot correct the shepherd. It's the shepherd who can correct the sheep. And any problem that is in a shepherd, it is a shepherd who can correct a fellow shepherd or the Lord himself who will correct his shepherds. But the sheep does not correct the shepherd. Correction upwards, according to Mike Meadow, he describes it as correction upwards is rebellion. Correcting upwards is rebellion. You don't correct upwards. You don't correct your mother. And tell you, I'm not a good mother. She may be a very bad mother, but it's, it's, you don't correct her. It's not your duty to correct her. It's just like going to court and the judge is speaking and he says, you just can't. it's guilty, it's guilty, it's finished. I've decided it's guilty. I mean, how do you do that? Even if it's true, it's not your place to stand and say he's guilty. They will just throw you out of the court. So there is a burden on you to grow up and become patient. Love is patient. Have patience with me. I will become what you want me to become. There are people who left this church. They said there are no miracles in the church. They said there's no miracles. I don't have miracles. I remember there's a guy. His name begins with one of the alphabets. I I just want to say his name. You you will never, there are some things you never forget when you hear them. He said there's no power in the church. There's no miracle in the church. So when I went to Certain place, I was in Senegal and they were saying that a grand marabou, that is a big magician, has come to Senegal. I was even, it was funny to me. 
Because I, always those things come to your mind. Things that people have said about you. When Fred Price came to Ghana and we honored him and named one of the chapels after him, he said the only thing that he remembers is when he came home with his mother, one of his friends, and the friend's mother looked at him and told him, you never amount to anything. So he said as he was standing there in Ghana being honored, he remembered those words, you never amount to anything. Because you remember certain accusations that were said to, to you. Have patience. This person who looks some way today, you'll be shocked. It's your main person. It's your main person. Your main person. Yes. One lady, her husband went to commit uh, adultery or fornication or whatever. And when she came, when he came, he said, no. She said, no, no. It's over. I beg you, this forgive No, no, no. Bye-bye. Later on, she, he, he went away. Then he married another person. All right? Now, one day she came to the shopping mall. And she was walking alone. And she saw her husband with another Lady, now he has become a family man. Hmm? And he was pushing the trolley with his new wife. No, I'm not so new, but I think it had been for some time. But it was, as he was looking, and she was like all alone in her anger. I don't know whether the anger was still there, but she saw them. Now that he has developed good traits and has been trained it belongs to another person hmm? I'm not saying this or that I'm telling you a story and I don't know why you want to come to conclusions which I myself have not made I'm telling you okay I won't tell you any story again Love is patient. His mouth is smelling. I will pay thee or with time my mouth will improve. Huh? And there are solutions to certain problems. The burden of love. I'm speaking to men of faith. Are there any men of faith here? Are there any men of faith here? Men and women of obedience. I'm speaking to you. I say, there is a burden of love on you. If you don't know, I'm telling you. Have patience. Have patience. Men of knowledge. Love is patient. And love is kind. Amen. Now, the next thing. I'm showing you the burden, but we are going through and I'm going to close in a couple of minutes. Love is kind. Hey! Love is kind. Now, it says in the Message Bible 
Love is patient or love never gives up. And love cares more for others than for himself. That's kindness. That's what it means by kind. Another one is love is thoughtful. Thoughtful. You see, men of knowledge, are there some men of knowledge from this side, this way? Are there some men of knowledge? Wave. Love is kind means that love is thoughtful. If you are not thoughtful, you will never imagine what somebody is feeling or what somebody is experiencing by being with you. The, The love is there. What is it like to be a woman? If you are a man and you are kind, you ask yourself, what is it like to be a woman? That, that will make, when you start thinking like that, you'll be kind to the woman. Now, I've been in the labor world where, I mean, there were male and female midwives or whatever they were when I was a student. And the, the one that I thought would even understand the pain that this woman is experiencing. You know, I tell you, wickedness. One time I was there when the midwife or whatever, she went out. I was a student, I was just watching what drama. When she went out, the male, whatever he was, took a needle, syringe, and quickly put the injection in and injected very fast because the, the, the lady would not do it. He said, no, 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 no. It's not necessary. It will come like that. As we were doing episiotomy without um, anesthesia, nothing, just raw, cut. And then sew. They were sewing without anything. Yeah. You would have thought that the one who has experience will be thoughtful, but it's not so. You would have thought that people who have been in medical school before and have become lecturers would be very kind to students. That's not so. Kindness is, you see, love. Derek Prince said that it is not possible to love unless you have revelation. He said, if without revelation, you can never love. You never love anybody. What, what is it like to be a woman? <laughs> and to desire dresses and other. I don't know what it's like. I don't have no such desire. But I just look at my wife or whoever. I said, it is your desire. Receive it. Enjoy it. What is it like to be a man? If you are a woman and you have love, you'll be thoughtful. Love is thoughtful. What is it like to be poor? What is it like to have, what is it like to be in this situation? Some of you, you remember, you know, most of my, my pastor friends are old, older. One time, I'm sure you remember, 
I don't know those of you who know, Bishop Blake, he's an older, he must be about 80 now. He came to Ghana, a black American, with a whole lot of his church members. When he was received at the VIP, and we wanted to escort him, he said, no, 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 where are my people? Where are the others? He, 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 he insisted, he went to find all the other members of the convoy. Where are your bags? Are you okay? Where's your, are you, have you got your thing? You know, he was rather looking after the people. I was just watching him. I thought, that's a pastor who loves his people. It's not things, oh, I'm, I'm an executive, whatever, in my pinny pinny, and I'm moving. <laughs> As you are in your pinny pinny, what do, are you thinking about the road that is going on? The road and the things that are happening in the system. That's why many people, after they are in power and they come out, they, 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 they realize they could have done more. Love is thoughtful. Love is patient and is kind. How many would like to marry somebody who is thoughtful? Wow. That's a revelation. I'd like to marry somebody who is thoughtful, who is thinking. Uh, you marry somebody who, is not, who does not have love. But the person is a man of mysteries, man of faith, man of tongues, man of knowledge, but hasn't got love. You realize that the person is not thinking about you. What is it like to be waiting after church and doing nothing? What is it like to be doing this? What is it like to do this? What is it like? What is it like? So that your mind is on the person. If you are not a deep thinker, you can easily be in a marriage, you don't have a child, and you, you don't even care. As a man, God said, oh, I mean, I don't, I don't even need a child. You know, you see, you, you don't need a child, but maybe your wife actually wants a child. Love is full of thoughts of what could it be like that what you are experiencing. Yeah. That's why for me, I can preach to you for six hours, eight hours, 12 hours. My sign to end the preaching is when I see that you are sleeping. That is it. Because immediately, my thoughts go to you that you are tired and the people are tired. So I'm able to go because a lot of people, do, I, I, I don't get the tiredness. When I, when I came to First Love, you know, I was used to preaching 40 minutes, 30 minutes. From another church. But when I came here, you get it? <laughs> I started preaching two hours. It's like nobody was tired here. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Yeah. How many want to marry a man of mysteries? You are not likely to enjoy the mysterious part of the person. Oh, yeah. Rick Joyner, you know, he said, you know, he, he's a prophet. So he's like into mysteries. When he comes to the office, I mean, he doesn't see people. He said, people get offended with him. Well, he doesn't mind anybody. It's like he's in the spirit. Yes. If you m- marry somebody who wants to talk, And you are Mr. Silent. You are James Bond. 
your words are few, but meaningful. When you speak one, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole word. So, brothers and sisters, if you knew what it's like to betray somebody and for someone to find that you betrayed a person, you are betraying and you are treacherous. If you experience it, you will never want somebody to experience it because it, it throws you on the ground. Every film where it happens, they always kill the person. Yeah. It's a terrible thing. So, brothers and sisters, it is a blessing for us to be sharing about the burden of love. There's a, there's a burden on me. When I married, I, had a, had, I knew that I had a burden. I said, husband, love your wife. It's not a small, there are just three words. It is not a small word that is being, being told to you. Yes, it's not a small thing. Or when the Bible also says, wife should love their husband. It's also in the Bible, but people don't mention that one much. It's in the Bible that wives should love their husband. Teach the younger women to love their husbands. It's there. It, it is a huge burden that is being placed on you. A heavy weight. Yes. Man of mystery. Man of tongues. Man of knowledge and man of faith. As you go along, on the first day, you cast out devils. Second day, you perform cures. But in the third day, you'll be perfected. That's phase three of your life and your ministry is to go through things that perfect you. And somebody asked me, will you forgive this one or the other? It's not if we die. It's you have to. You don't have a choice. There is, no, there is no sin anybody commits that the, against you that you don't have a burden to forgive the person. Maybe you don't know. It's not a choice. You are forced to forgive. You may not know that you have that burden, but Jesus himself said, you know, Jesus said, um, what did Jesus say? You don't know what Jesus said. And then I will not tell you. But I'm telling you what you know already. <laughs> Jesus loved all the way to the end. He loved his disciples. When his disciples were failing, all of them failed. He had love. And he accomplished more by loving them. All of them, says all of them scattered and betrayed him. They said, we don't know him. But Jesus was patient. So I know Thaddeus, is Thaddeus a, a, a disciple? He will be a good preacher. One day, look at this one running. So he, one day he will stand. Peter, and six weeks later, Peter was standing. When they were arresting, like first, first, <laughs> even, there's nothing, he just runs. <laughs> this one, the people are there, and the threat is there. And he said, We'd rather obey God than to obey you. Kill me if you like, if you can kill me. Kill me if you like. Wow. I mean, just a little more time, 
And the guy was a wild apostle. Oh, clap for Jesus. So Jesus accomplished more by loving. And by this, even the first two parts of love. Love is patient. And then love is kind, thoughtful. Think about me, your pastor. What, what do you think it's like for me to? Some of you never think of me. What it must be like for me. For this and for that and when I'm experiencing this and experiencing that and experiencing that. What is it like? What is it? You on floor, floor prayer meeting. You see me standing there. Do you know, do you know what it means? You, see, you don't think deeply about it. <laughs> you know what it means for me? It, it has an implication for me for Monday. It has an implication for me on Tuesday. Flow priority affects me on Monday and affects me on Tuesday because of Tuesday. But you see, you are not thoughtful. So it just occurs to you that, oh, you must be there always. Uh-huh. Should be, or be on it. Be on it. We'll we wake up and join you around 6.30. <laughs> you, you'll be there and be there. We'll join you around 6.30. <laughs> True or not true? Love is patient. Stand to your feet. You don't want to even... Okay. Lift your hands. How many realize that a burden, a new burden has come on you? A burden of love. Lift your hands and just speak to the Lord in a moment. We come to the end. Thank you, Lord. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have patience with me. I will pay thee all. To God be the glory. This is the love that God has for you today. And he's expecting you to go out of this place and out of this sanctuary with the same kind of love. Father, we thank you for hearing our prayer worship you in the mighty name of Jesus put your hand on your heart receive the love of God love of God shed abroad in your heart divine love you are becoming a nicer person the wickedness in you is fading away the wickedness and the revenge in you is fading and is being replaced with the love of God Father thank you thank you Thank you for kindness and love, thoughtfulness that is being imparted to us this day in the name of Jesus. We pray with thanksgiving. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, you want to give your life to Jesus? Maybe somebody invited you to church. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I would like to give my life to God today. I don't know who you are. But the Bible says, Except a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. 
Maybe you are here, you want to be born again. Pastor, pray with me. I want to be born again. Help me to know Jesus as my Savior. If you are here like that, Pastor, pray with me. Lift your right hand up like this. Lift it up high. God bless you. Pastor, pray with me. I want to say yes to God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You want to give your life to Jesus. God bless you. If you've lifted your hand, come to me. Come from where you are standing. Come. Come. Come from where you are standing. Come to me here. Come from the back. Come from the side. Come all the way. God bless you. Jesus, please forgive me for my sin. I give my heart to Jesus Christ. Please write my name in the book of life. Are you praying? It say, Jesus, I am sorry for all my sins. Forgive me for my sins. I give my life and I give my heart to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. For saving me today. Please write my name in the book of life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. I want you to go with our pastor who's lifting. He says, follow me. Just look this way. You need to be nearer. You are so far. Nobody can see what you are saying. All right? Much nearer. Just come and stand by the people. God bless you. Now, take your holy communion. You may be seated for a moment. Take eat, this is my body, which was broken for you. Drink, this is my blood, which was shed for you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Stand to your feet. A cup of blessing which we bless is the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break, it's the communion of the body of Christ. Oh, this is the holy meal, the meal of God. The body of Jesus Christ. Now 
Now, how many of you are happy about the blood when Jesus is patient with you and knows that one day you pay him all, all? May the blood that speaks for you and bargains for you that you pay all. May this blood speak for you now. Cover you and heal you of every mistake you have ever made. The blood of Jesus Christ. Lift your hands. May the blood of the Lamb bargain and negotiate for you, for your mistakes, your errors, whatever mistake you have made. May you be washed, cleansed, forgiven. May your life be blessed and healed. It's a cup of blessing, a cup of blessing receive a blessing in your life as you take this communion receive blessings from the Lord whatever represents a curse a frustration a roadblock, a stagnation a hindrance an obstacle is removed today by supernatural power invading your life through the body and the blood of Jesus Christ it said when I see the blood Lord said to Moses, one more plague I will pray. And that will be the end of your enemies. May this blood signal the end of all enemies that have raised themselves high against you. The blood of the Lamb. In Jesus' name. Let me hear your loudest amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.